Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for any brand in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you. It's 1235 in Edmonton. We are at Rogers Place in Ice District. Ice District. Game tonight. Edmonton Oilers, the New York Islanders. Should be a fun one. Some guests on the show receive guest certificates from our friends. Don and the gang at Japanese Village. Three locations, downtown, south side, and north side. And Louie, I haven't seen you smile like that for a while, so I, I know it's a good day. We're getting hooked up. Hooked up. Japanese Village. Absolutely. Great place. Alrighty. Hey, uh, this should be this should be a, an entertaining hockey game. You got I, two teams that are giving up a lot of goals. They both have got some star power up mm-hmm. front. We could have an old-fashioned canoe tipper tonight at <laughs> I Rogers think, Place. Let's put it this way. I think there's going to be some opportunities to score some goals tonight from both sides. It should be really exciting because you're seeing two of the more dynamic players in the game right now in, in Connor McDavid and Matthew Barzell, a youngster that's come in from the same draft as Connor and is doing a lot of the same things that Connor did last year. He's really... Uh, been dynamic in that regard, and when he's on the ice, you have to know he's on the ice each and every time. All right, so we all know the story. We all know what the trade was. The trade was what the trade was. Uh, there were at least 10 or 11 other teams right now that are probably looking at it going, <laughs> what didn't we see in this guy? I mean, Boston passed on him three yep. times. Uh, actually, what the heck? I'm going to pull up that draft here. I mean, even look at Arizona. They took Dylan Strome third. And for the record, I would have taken Dylan yeah, Strome I mean, third, well, too. He and was that. totally he, cleaning up in the, in the OHL. OHL. Right, he won the OHL. Hockey. So I think, you know, here's the thing, and you and I have talked about this before with Barzell. The thing maybe the dock on him was when the going gets tough, is he going to be able to do the things that he did in junior hockey? Um, we saw him at the World Juniors. We saw him, you know, compete in some playoffs. And, and sometimes he, you just wouldn't notice him as much as you would others. But there's no question when he's on his game, when he's playing the way he can play, one of the more dynamic players in the game, and I mean the whole NHL. That's how good of a player he can be. All right, so let's let's cut to the chase here. So uh, McDavid and Eichel, those two teams are obviously pretty happy with their picks. Yep. Dylan Strom, eh, no. Uh, Mitch Marner, Leafs would be happy with that pick. Noah Hannafin, there has been. I mean, there was a big change in Carolina coming here mm-hmm. with Ron Francis, and and I think that there Hannafin has stagnated a bit. Certainly, uh, Barzell has been a more dynamic player than Zaka. Uh, Provorov's a pretty special defenseman. I don't think the Flyers... I think he's really good, yeah. I don't think the Flyers are second-guessing themselves. Again, that's that's organizational need. When you look at what they want, they want yep. a defenseman. W- Wierenski uh, for Columbus. Pretty darn good D-man. Right. Uh, Timo Myers played better of late, but uh, no but question. No question. I right. think that would be one that you would think. Ratnin is now a star. Okay. Getting really... Starting to become a very, very solid player for them, not only offensively, but defensively as well. Good 200-foot player at 6'4". Lawson Krause for Florida, 11th in the minors. That might be one you would... Lawson Krause made the world junior team that year that Connor McDavid was on with Max Domi and Anthony DeClaire and Darnell Nurse. People forget that. Mountain mountain of a kid. Just a really big kid that uh, actually can skate pretty good for a big guy. uh, Dennis uh, Gurianov out of uh, Dallas. He's played one NHL game. The three Boston guys where your son's been by far the best of the three guys. And your son is is like fifth in the league in rookie scoring, so they're happy with that pick. The What's going on with Zobrel? What have you heard about Jacob Zobrel? Zobrel, I, I heard he's coming along. You know, yeah. his, his game is uh, maturing. Um, 
I think he plays a better pro game than he did in junior. Yep. I think he has the ability to step up and play with better players. Um, Zachary Sinish and the other, other other player taking He's been scratched with, a couple times. scratched a couple times. A he, young guy, again, learning how to play pro hockey, but put he, back-to-back 40-goal seasons at Sault Ste. Marie, and for a six foot two, 200-pounder, lightning fly. fast. He really can fast. Fly. Yep. So I think they're thinking he's going to develop into oh. that guy that can... How you good know, was this draft? Get to spot. It was an amazing draft. All right, really Kyle, Kyle Connor for the Jets, right? I mean, he's played 80 games in the NHL. He's got 24 goals and 46 points. Yep. You know, Jake's sitting there with 14 goals, 35 points, big plus playing in Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brock Besser. Tom Thomas Shabbat, 18th Ottawa. I mean, that's their future number one left shot top four defenseman. Uh, Svechnikov just got recalled by Detroit just the other day. Minnesota likes Eric Sinek. I'm not quite as big. And the Oilers liked Eric Sinek in that draft, too. And then you mentioned Brock Besser, 23rd. Even here, I'll give you another guy. Travis Konechny. Yep. He's, he's a pretty good he's player. He's found his game in Philadelphia now, too. He, you know, he had a good rookie season last year. He stumbled a little bit out of the gates this year with wow. the Flyers, but now has really started to come into his own. That, he's a big reason why the Flyers have turned around and are now in the playoffs. So that's a hell of a draft, man. It was an amazing draft, and I was there for it, obviously, with yeah. Jake, and it was... It was incredible because there was so many, like just what we're talking about now, nobody Skeleton. really knew where guys were going to fall in the draft. How about the way the game is going? Jake talked to every single team in the National Hockey League. You know, that, that was how deep of a draft it was and how many opportunities and potential players they could pick from that group. Yeah. And even into the second round, looking to the second round, there's guys there too that, you know what, it's, it, it'll be one of the deeper drafts when, you, when it's all said and done down the road. There's some, there's some real good players. Look at Ajo was picking... Was 35th picked, overall or, or, or by Carolina. Over. Look at the stats on him. 47 goals, 100 points, and 145 <laughs> Not too games. bad, eh? Brandon second Carlo, second-round yep. pick to Boston. Played full year in Boston and last year. Christian Fisher with Arizona. I mean, so they might... It, yep. He's outplayed both Strom and Nick yep. Merkley so far yep. with the Coyotes organization. It's, uh, Really deep draft. I don't know if we're going to have one that deep this year, that's for sure, but that was certainly one of the deeper ones right. we've seen in a while. So... Barzell, and for fans who've not had a chance to see him, I mean, he is an electrifying player. You know, it's amazing. I saw I saw some footage on him recently uh, on one of the networks. I can't remember. I was watching a game. I think they were playing against the Bruins, actually. But he was – it's a skating. It's how this kid can move with the puck on a stick. Uh, we talk about Connor all the time, straightaway speed. Barzell's a little different in the sense that he's more of a water bug type of player. Uh, and I mean that in a positive. I'm not saying water bugging, but he yeah. is all over the place, and he has the ability to turn on a dime, and he's not afraid to hold on to the puck. And that's the biggest thing for him right now is that he has the confidence right now to hold on to that puck and make sure that he can find a play. And he's an, he's an, he's an elite passer. He yeah. always has been. He's been a pass-first guy even in junior hockey when I got to see him. Um, if you're in the right spot, he'll put it on your table. Well, here was the scouting report I got, okay, in his draft year. Actually, the year before his draft year. He was the number one pick in the WHL Bannon mm-hmm. draft uh, from the same neck of the woods as Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And the story yep. that was told me is he's Ryan Nugent Hopkins light and he doesn't have as good a shot. Well, guess what? He's already got... He's coming, What's he coming in tonight's game with? 69 points. Ryan Nugent Hopkins has never had more than 56 yep. points in a season. Now, Nugent no, did have 52 and 62 games in his rookie season and was a pretty electrifying player. 
This guy shoots the puck way better than people think. He shoots the puck way better. He's got 18 goals on the year, and he's going to eventually be over 20 this year, but there's no question he's a pass-first yes. guy. That's yeah, the one thing absolutely. about him, and there's nothing wrong with that in today's game. If you have the right guys around you, Jordan Eberle, for instance, who he's playing with this year, is going to be the benefactor of, of some really nice passes, and if a guy can put the puck in the net, he's going to do exactly that, 25 goals for Eberle. Um but Barzell, I think, as the confidence grows with him, he'll start to shoot the puck more. He's good and tight on a goaltender too. He can he can make a deke. Listen, I don't. I think you know the same thing with John Tavares, who's also on this Islander team. I remember you know um, talking to Keith Gretzky and he saying you know by year four you were starting to look for the deficiencies in his game. Right. You know because he was such an elite player. Is that like, what happened to Barzell? I think maybe a little bit. This guy came in and he was such a flashy good player that you started to look for things that were wrong in his game instead of looking for things that were right in his game. And that happens a lot. It happens a lot. Even with John Tavares it happened where people were like hey you know what maybe he's not the best skater. Hey you know what maybe he's well we've all seen what John Tavares has done in his NHL career. He's an elite hockey player. Um, and he's a star. So listen Good pick by the Islanders. Good job by them to, to move up and grab him. That's the guy they wanted. They couldn't believe he was there at 16. They took him. And they hit the home run. Louis DeBrus joining us from NHL Hockey and Rogers. The other part of the equation, Louis, is the direction that the league has gone. And people, people say, well, you know what? Well, the the Oilers went down the wrong path. But you know, can I say something on that front? Yep, yep. Who do they draft this year? In 20, Absolutely. Yeah, in no 20, so here's the thing. So look at this. Just look back to last year. Okay. Matthew Barzell did not make the Islanders last year. Right. Think about that for a second. You're looking at this kid that's got 69 points this year. They sent him back to junior. Twice. So Once in 15 and 16 just, and then again. He just pers- wasn't ready. You right. know, he just wasn't ready to jump into the scene. Now, I think he could have certainly played there last year. Yeah. I truly do believe that if they had given him the opportunity that he's getting this year. But it was Anthony Beauvillier that ended up playing. He was the other first-round draft pick from that year, 28th. Or, yeah, well, the, they, the 33 that they got yep. from Edmonton, they traded up to 28. So, so he, he was the one that made it because he was a little physically stronger. Yeah. He was a little harder on pucks. He could play center and wing. And you know what? Another player that had to go back to junior or play in the NHL, they decided to keep him around last year. Maybe a little bit too early for him, but he's starting to have a better year this year. He's starting to find his stride. Matthew Barzal went back, represented Canada again. I mean, he got to play a lot of hockey. He came into camp this year and hasn't really looked back. If you had seen the World Juniors last year, and I watched most of the games. Uh, we were on an Eastern road trip at that time, but all the games were on the NHL Network. If you had watched it, you would have not thin- thought that you know, we'd be sitting in March and Barzell to have 67 points. And, oh, by the way, uh, a guy by the name of Dylan Strome yep. would not be in the NHL. If you had watched that World well, Juniors last year, yeah. you would have thought those two players, they're different, yep. but they're very close, and their career trajectories are probably going to be similar. I uh, I talked to Luke Richardson down on the ice level there. It was great to see him and Bucky and Freddie Brathwaite, sure. uh, three the, of my old teammates. the 94-95 yeah, nice. I never got tour. to bump into Dougie Waite, but nice to see the guys. Uh, they didn't take you out for dinner face. last night? No, Spent no, a little I, at Pridium? But here's the thing. You know, one thing that he did say about Barzell is if you look at the start of the year for him, he didn't take off right away. It took him a little bit of time to kind of get back yeah. into the groove of it, right? And they, they had the patience with him because they had depth on their team. They have a lot of offense. And you know what? They put him, Eberly together. They seemed to find a chemistry, and then all of a sudden things took off. And again, it's confidence. Confidence for a young player. I know we've talked about Jesse Pogliarvi a lot. I think he's starting to get a little more confident. Um, I'm not putting him in the same category as Matthew Barzell. I hope people don't think that. I'm just saying that as a young player, it takes different times for different individuals to kind of fully get it. Um, Matthew Barzell, I think he probably thought he should have played the NHL last year. Oh, yeah. He didn't, but now he's making up for it. 
You know, and that's that's just part of it. But so everybody matures at a little different level, but it's the confidence level they have to be able to play at this level and do the things they did as a youngster. The other part of the equation for him is that John Tavares gets all oh. of the first Perry matchups, right? I mean, Tavares centers, you know, honors, honors Lee and Josh Bailey. It's a terrific line. They, you know, Bailey and Tavares join Barzell, 360-plus point guys. Pittsburgh's the only other team in the league that's got yeah. that right now. It gives them a real great one, too, when you yeah. look at it. You know, it's, it's pretty incredible, and Brock Nelson's no slouch either in the third hole with Ladd. I'll tell you... Uh, this team, when you look at it, they can score enough goals. Defending has been a hard part for them. They've been banged up a little bit in the back end. They're getting healthy. Goaltending has obviously been an issue for the Islanders. It's been better of, as of late, and now they haven't been able to score those crucial goals. A little bit of a slide right now, six points out, um, trying to get in there. But there's no question one of the more exciting teams to watch in the league. When I've seen them a lot this year, and... You know what? They're uh, they're never out of a game with the way they can put the puck in the net. They were probably unlucky not to have beaten Edmonton when the Oilers were in there before, and Barzell was dominant. I mean, I know Jack uh, has mentioned it uh, on more than one occasion. He felt that that during the course of the season, that was the one player that was the most yep. electrifying of the players that we'd seen during the year on another team. We've we become so accustomed to it because we're privileged to watch Connor McDavid on a nightly basis, and he is that guy. It's but, true, you know, and we, we take it for granted. Yeah. We get to see number 97 each and every night here in Edmonton, and, and I, I think people understand how special of a player he is, and, and we're very fortunate to be able to watch him up close and personal um, throughout the season, but when, when you see another player like this come in that's having the type of season that Barzell's having, you're excited to watch him play. This will be a good head-to-head matchup. Two young guys that... Uh, there's no question they're going to want to outdo one another. And it reminds me a little bit of when Taylor Hall went in to play John Tavares the first time on the island. You remember that game? Yeah. You know, and it was, uh, they were down pretty quickly in that game because the veteran had the, the upper hand in that one. And Was but, that the game where Hall got two quick yeah, ones, like but, an eight seconds? Yeah, and then boom, boom, boom. You know, it was like, uh, that was all you're getting tonight, I think it was. Yeah. No, I think that, that was the next year. They next year. That was the next year. They, 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 they took a little bit of a beating, I think, the first time they went in there. The orders did, yeah. yeah. But... You know what? Anytime you see a player like that across from you, or anytime you're play, playing a team that has another player like that, there's no question they're going to get geared up. They've heard the news, they've seen the highlights, they've seen the three five point games, they've seen John Tavares for years. Listen, um, Dougie Wake coming back to Edmonton. There's a lot. A lot Jordan Everly, obviously. Jordan Everly is the guy we haven't even talked about yet. And I mean, listen, he had some tremendous years here in Edmonton. He was a staple here. So. It's going to be exciting for him coming back and playing against Edmonton. He's going to want to obviously try and one-up him. It's, there's a lot on, on, at stake here tonight. This will be an interesting game. Well, uh, Jordan's going to get a warm reception. We know that. He's right pro- so. And he's probably not going to elbow anybody in the face <laughs> no. like Hall did last year. <laughs> yeah, that, no. was, that, just, no. that just reinforced uh, the Zach Cassian. Well, Zach can get bring the worst out in people. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, uh, oh, that was that, funny. that's his job, and he's really good at it. Because when so. he got tweaked against Anaheim, Henrique was chirping at him, and he two-headed her Henrique as well. That's one of Halsey's boys. Yeah. So yeah. that was that was pretty funny. Yeah, uh, I, I got to ask you this: uh, during your playing career, what was the most significant, high-profile former teammate of yours with the Oilers that came back? Oh, good question. Because you, you were know, in around like nineteen ninety. There was it was a revolving door. Would it have been? So J- <laughs> would it have been? J- no, because uh, you were gone. You got it at the end of ninety seven, ninety eight, or ninety six, ninety seven. Ninety six, ninety seven. Okay, yeah, so Arnett was traded after yeah, you. Yeah, he was Arnett traded. was traded after. But it was it, for me. It just seemed in that time for us in Edmonton, there were so many players that were coming in and out of the lineup on a daily basis. It seemed on a weekly basis, and um, 
This game today. You know what? I, I can't really think of anybody off off the top of my head. You know, obviously the Rangers. You know, listen, I got I was involved in the Mark Messier deal, but then after that, Dougie Wake came over, as a Teakin and went over to the Rangers, Craig McTavish, Kevin Lowe. So yeah. whenever we played the Rangers, it was only twice a year. Um, it was a big deal. It was a big deal because those were veteran guys. Shane and Corson. Guys that, uh, Someone's just texted me yep, and said, what yep. about Shane Corson? Yeah, Shane Corson too, you know, for sure. He was, he was a good friend of mine on the team as well. You know what? Um... It was always exciting to see guys, you know, from the other side when the guys you played. Just you, like walking down to the bench and seeing those three guys on the ice today. Were you with the others when Bucky elbowed Gretzky? I was. Yes, with the St. Louis Blues. Yeah. <laughs> I was in 96, 97, right? And, and Wayne had just been moved to St. Louis from L.A., right? <laughs> I think Tony Twist might have ripped a pectoral muscle trying to kill him later on in that game. I don't know if it was Brian Marshman that got in there with him, but... Um, yeah, you know what? I mean, that's that's the one thing about Bucky. You know, when I when I think about that, I think even us on the bench were like, "Are you kidding me? <laughs> Did you just elbow the great one? Like, what are you doing? Like, you might have gone a little bit too far there. It's one thing to bug a guy, but you don't throw a chicken wing out on the great one. I mean, oh, oh man, man. I you know what? I, I, I honestly, I'm not kidding you. Even us on the bench, we kind of looked at you and said, "Did you just see what he just did? Like, <laughs> oh my god." Bucky. But that was Bucky. I'm telling you, he could not turn it off. He really couldn't. And you know what? He's an effective player. They had player. just got him. Yeah. Like, I think Pronger yeah. ended up. Yeah. Didn't Pronger jump him at the end of the game or oh, something? Oh, it was uh, It was bad. It was bad. You know what? It was... Uh, I was doing stats I think for today St. Louis. He might have got a lot of games for that elbow. You yeah, know, I was doing no question. This, I was working the St. Louis broadcast. Ken Wilson was doing there. And and, he, and it, he was what? the most relaxed guy in the world. I don't like he never like he was a baseball caller, right? Super (laughs) mellow tone, and is the most upset. What is he doing, the guy? Yeah, you know what? And Tick, SIT Kinnan, when I first got here, was uh, given the the job of trying to stay with Wayne all the time, and it was one of those ones where he'd come on the bench and go on down to the other side and jump on the ice again, and Tick would jump on the ice, and you know he he rattled him a bit. You know, I think I think especially. I'm only saying this just from the reactions of the players, but when you're when you're playing against former teammates and that's happening, it, it takes on a new life because the friendship goes away really quickly on the ice because, you know, he has a job to do against one of the best players or the best player yeah. that's ever played the game. So, I mean, that's a pretty big job, right? So, um, yeah, there's no question Bucky went over the line on that one. No question. I think he would even say the same thing. He would probably give you that look and say, well, you know what? That was the way he played. The one thing about Bucky, though, He'd always back up whatever he did on the ice, and he had to back it up a bit that night. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Not much of that anymore, is there? Were you no, chuckling no. the other night with the, the Domi play with Kajula because it was Kara got I kind of liked it, though. You know what? I, I Number one, I like the fact that Kara is being more physical because I think yeah. he doesn't realize how big and strong he can be. And in today's game, everyone talks about fighting, but you know what? They're not taking hitting out of the game anytime soon. They're right. not taking compete out of the game anytime soon. So, I mean, go out there and compete and hit. Go out there and battle. And I like it when he battles, but I do like the fight in Drake Kajula, too. Here's a guy that's been in a lineup. He wants to prove that he should be here. He's trying to do something, and he took a fight that wasn't his just to try and get himself into the game. I like that Ty, uh, Ty. I like that Max Domi got up and did something after a hit that he didn't like. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he he was, you know what? I'm not happy about this. I'm going to do something about it, and he did. He tried. And, and then they're in the box, and, I, the, and Max goes, "Did you hit me?" And Drake's yeah. like, <laughs> no, Drake's, Drake's like, no, it was a big me. guy on my line. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't me. Yeah, it was a real big guy. If you want to take him on next, go and ahead. Then, and then what did Domi say? <laughs> oh, sorry, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? But that's okay, you know. When when tempers flare down there, I, I think that maybe some people forget. Like it's it happens in the heat of the battle. It happens right away. You don't really think too much about it. It's just survival at that point in time. And uh, you know what? 
I think the linesmen, or the officials in that time, did uh, Drake a, a, a solid by not throwing him out of the game. Well, not throwing him out of the game, give him the 2, 5, and 10. Because he took off his... Because he would have got 2 for the taking the visor off. I think it's a 10-minute misconduct as well, yeah. is it not? And then it would have been a 5-minute major for fighting. So, I mean, he would have been in the box for a long time. They give him double minors because it's not an alter, not a fight. Then there's no... Yeah. They kind of so that, that was it. a yeah. that was a well-managed decision. By the way, do you agree with the consensus that Wes McCauley's the best referee in the league? <laughs> Players voted 47% chose Wes McCauley the best official. I just love when he works the games yeah. because he's so authoritative on the ice. You know what I like about him, too? I had a great conversation with him down here in the Zamboni room, uh, and I won't talk about what we talked about because I know they don't like that about as far as what official talk. More or less, it was just a conversation. He was talking about Jake, and, you know, obviously he covered Jake a couple times. And But what I like about it is he's that. He communicates. You know, whether or not you like the way he's communicating, he's not afraid. He's got a confidence about his calls. He's assertive in what he does. And... He lets the guys play a little bit too, which I which I also kind of like. So he's not going to just call a chintzy penalty for the sake of calling one. He's going to let the guys get themselves dig themselves into games and get working. And then obviously, if it's a blatant call, he's going to make it. It's a tough job. We we rip on the referees all the time, and you know what? I've I've started to try and talk to more and more of them that I can every time I bump into them because they're human beings too, and they're just trying to do their job. Sometimes we get frustrated, myself included, when there's a call that you're sitting there going, "Why was that called?" We have a different look at it. We have 10 retakes of it. We get to see it and break it down in slow motion on the video replay. They have one millisecond view of it, and sometimes they're going to make mistakes. That's all I care about is the fact that sometimes they go, hey, it wasn't a great one. No big deal. Louis, great job. Carried that for 25 minutes. It's a thing of absolute beauty. Much appreciated. Uh, <laughs> Gives you a break. I, I, hey, never met a microphone I didn't like. Well, you know what, Louie? I, I think most listeners right now are saying more Louie, less Bob. It's a good thing. Thanks a lot, little dog. All right. Uh, it is, what time is it here anyways? It's 12.56 in Edmonton. Uh, I do want to tell you that uh, if you want to get on a waiting list for next fall, we got a trip to tell you about here on Oilers Now, and it involves going to Sweden and Germany. It's a great hockey road trip. Uh, you can follow Oilers Now with New West Travel to Europe in October, see the Oilers play a preseason game in Germany against Cologne, and then uh, play the New Jersey Devils in Sweden. Your New West Travel package will include flights, hotels, game tickets, and welcome receptions. Register now for the Oilers Now Hockey Road Trip to Sweden and Germany. Space will be limited. Call New West Travel, 780-432-7446, or go online at newwesttravel.com. It's 1256 in Edmonton. We're pushed right up against the break here. Uh, off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by this, uh, followed by another former teammate of Louis DeBrus, Ryan Smith, coming down the pipe at 105. This is Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton Showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca.